It was a dark time. David's kingdom had been broken by a civil war. And the northern kingdom, known as Israel, and it was later known in Jesus' day as Samaria, Israel was ruled by King Ahab. Ahab ruled over Israel in Samaria for 22 years and did evil in the Lord's eyes, more than anyone who preceded him. Ahab found it easy to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, Nebat's son. He married Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, who was the king of the Sidonians. In the 22 years of Ahab's rule, there was heavy foreign influence from the kingdom of Sidon. And throughout those years, Ahab and Jezebel were opposed by the prophet Elijah. In the face of all of the corruption and lies, Elijah continued to speak out and proclaim God who saves the poor and the marginalized. Elijah from Thisbe, who was one of the settlers in Gilead, said to Ahab, as surely as the Lord lives, Israel's God, the one I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain these years unless I say so. Then the Lord's word came to Elijah, go from here and turn east, hide by the Cherith Brook that faces the Jordan River. You can drink from the brook. I have also ordered the ravens to provide for you there. Elijah went and did just what the Lord said. He stayed by the Cherith Brook that faced the Jordan River. The ravens brought bread and meat in the mornings and evenings. He drank from the Cherith Brook. After a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. After the brook dried up, it was time for Elijah to move. Elijah moved to that town, a place called Zarephath. And he met this woman, a widow and her son. And they are just two unnamed people who are caught up in the midst of the conflict between Elijah and Ahab. And when Elijah asks her for some bread, here's how she responded. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any food, only a handful of flour in a jar and a bit of oil in a bottle. Look at me, I'm collecting two sticks so that I can make some food for myself and my son. We'll eat the last of the food and then die. She's done. She's not an activist. She's not a power player. She's just one of the many, many people who had no voice. Her government didn't care. Ahab didn't care. There was no help to the poor. And she wasn't just poor, but as a widow, without being taken into a new household when her husband died, she had no source of support. The only thing she had left was to sell her body, either as a slave or a prostitute, or die. She's done. She's about to eat the last of her food with her son and then die. 
Whose job is it to look out for people like this widow? Whose job is it to look out for the poor? And you can bet that Ahab was eating just fine in the palace. And Elijah, he didn't have much, but he had food and water and a safe place to live. God was looking out for him. So what about people like this widow and her son? Who looks out for them? When the leaders of the land want something bad enough, they can sure move fast. But concern for those out of work? Concern for the people who have run out of savings and have no idea what to do? Concern for the businesses that can't afford a 60% increase just this year in health premiums? That was the increase my spouse's employer was charged this year. What about the unnamed people who are caught up in the midst of the conflict between the powers that be? God did provide food and oil, and the widow's household ate for many days. The jar of flour didn't decrease, nor did the bottle of oil run out, just as the Lord spoke through Elijah. After these things, though, the son of the widow, who was the matriarch of the household, became ill. His sickness got steadily worse until he wasn't breathing anymore. Even with Elijah's well-meaning promise that his side would provide for the widow's household, evidently health care wasn't part of the deal. You see, the widow had no voice in the deal. Yeah, she had an advocate in Elijah, but she didn't have any power, no voice. She was dependent on him, and she still lost. Then she found her voice. She said to Elijah, What's gone wrong between us, man of God? Have you come to me to call attention to my sin and kill my son? On Tuesday, you and I, people who aren't power players in the conflict of the powers that be, we have a voice. We have the right to vote. We have a right that has been paid for in blood, sweat, and tears. And next weekend, we're going to be thanking our veterans. We have a voice to call attention to the concerns of the poor, the marginalized. People of color whose bodies have been deemed as worth less. We have a right and a moral responsibility to speak with our votes. And Elijah, he heard her. Elijah replied, give your son to me. He took her son from her and carried him to the upper room where he was staying. Elijah laid him on his bed. Elijah cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God. Why is it that you have brought such evil upon the widow that I am staying with by killing her son? 
Then he stretched himself over the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, please give this boy's life back to him. The Lord listened to Elijah's voice and gave the boy his life back. And he lived. Elijah brought the boy down from the upper room of the house and gave him to his mother. Elijah said, look, your son is alive. Now I know that you really are a man of God, the woman said to Elijah, and that the Lord's word is truly in your mouth. I don't think that God killed the widow's son. I think he was collateral damage in a larger conflict with Ahab. And it took the poor widow speaking up, calling for mercy and justice. And Elijah may have been well-intended, but he needed to be reminded that there is a higher law, a morality that calls for God's concern to be with the poor and the marginalized first. And in an act of resurrection from the dead, the God of Moses, the God of Jesus is remembered. You and I have our voice in our vote. We have a voice to call out for mercy and for justice for the widows and the orphans in our time, for the marginalized, whoever you think is best concerned for them. And it's easy to forget in the drama of conflict between the powers that be. It is easy to forget that God calls for us to live in a new way in his kingdom, where all have dignity and that there no one is worth less. And that is the vision that I hold on to. The vision of a better way to live in this world. And it is important for us to remember, just like it was for Elijah and the widow, to remember that God's concern is not primarily the conflict between the powers that be, between Ahab and Elijah. God's concern first is for those who hurt, for the poor and the marginalized, for those who have lost. And so on this All Saints Day, we remember. We remember that God's spirit is with those who have lost. Because God knows what it is to lose a son, someone you can't replace. We remember the God of Jesus and the promise that death and darkness will never have the last word. Resurrection is the power to bring life again. And it is the ultimate power in the universe. And we need to remember that as we come to the table of remembrance. In the way of God's kingdom, there is no one unworthy. No one excluded from the table. Everyone has a place of royalty at this table. And even though we may not be together in this holy place, we can still be together in spirit. So if you have your bread and your cup with you now, let's remember with hope.